after recognizing the need for true understanding when we live charity, we can go now to the beginning of the Gospel of St. Mark and evoke the scene of the Lord expelling demons and how this filled people with wonder. It's in the very first chapter of St. Mark. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent. Come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, Who is this? What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obeyed him. And then just a few verses later, Mark says, He healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Be silent. He wouldn't let them speak. This is an image we can have here of the role of spiritual direction, confession. You see, demons possessed a supernatural type of knowledge, and therefore, with that knowledge, they were able to recognize uh, Jesus as the Messiah. And uh, through the people they possessed, they were able to even publish this fact. So that man was saying, you are the Holy One of God. So that, that was the demon acting in that man. But our Lord, using His divine power, orders them to be silent. Or He does not permit them to speak. So some fathers of the church point out that Jesus does not want to accept the testimony of these demons. He does not want to receive the testimony in support of the truth of Him who is the Father of lies. The devil, because he opposes our Lord, who is truth, is indeed the Father of lies. And by lying, he seduced, seduced our first parents, and he deceives all those who yield to his temptations, and eventually he tries to make us commit sin, largely by his seduction of Lies that it's good for you to do this, he's trying to convince us, but that's a lie. And so we too need to be cured, but we don't want to be seduced by the devil. And the only way we can really be cured is by opening our heart with simplicity, with sincerity, with transparency in spiritual direction. All by knowing that that is the best thing we can do for us to be good spiritual directors. And when we go 
and open our hearts and talk about our failings and our weaknesses. It's of course an occasion for us to give an account of ourselves so that we're not freewheelers, sort of kind of free and empty bachelors that don't have to give an account to anyone. You know, a husband, he can't just stay out at the bar with the boys bowling all night. He has to give an account to his wife who's expecting him to come back and his children. And just because we're not married doesn't mean we can't, we don't have to give an account. And, and that's why it's good to look at how, how frequently do I indeed give an account? Not so that I can be reprimanded, not so that I can be, I don't know, filled with a sense of guilt. Bishop Javier Echeverria, who was the prelate of Opus Dei, he said that when he was growing up, much of the emphasis in the 40s and 50s, I suppose, the emphasis was often on guilt. Were you guilty or were you not guilty? Was this a sin or was it not a sin? That was often the emphasis. But he said when he meant the work, the emphasis was on holiness. And it's certainly true that for us, you and I, we can't do things out of a sense of guilt, a sense of duty, but out of a sense of embracing this adventure of holiness that we've been invited to. And indeed, in the, uh, in the evangelical church, the, the emphasis there is on salvation. Perhaps less on holiness, less about uh, virtue. And of course, we don't usually see souls change. If somebody comes to you for spiritual direction, or comes to you for confession, we don't usually see them change that much, but nor do we ourselves see ourselves change. Everything seems to be the same. Perhaps that's why it is worthwhile meditating on one of the most, I would say, is perhaps the, a, key, a key passage in the writings of Pope Francis, Evangelii Gaudium, number 279. This passage is maybe a little bit long, but it's, it's worthwhile meditating because it's at the heart of his hopeful teaching. It's something we can meditate on often because it really expresses what it really means for us to be fathers, spiritual directors, directors and uh, uh, like kind of to have an awareness that we're not sowing in vain. This is 279 Evangelii Gaudi. He says, Because we do not always see these seeds growing, we need an interior certainty, a conviction that God is able to act in every situation, even amid apparent setbacks. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, quoting there from St. Paul. He can act even in setbacks. Think of the setbacks you've had. Think of the difficulties. Think of difficult parishioners or, or financial troubles in the parish. He can work even in those setbacks. He says, this certainty is called, often called a sense of mystery. 
It involves knowing with certainty that all those who entrust themselves to God in love will bear good fruit. This fruitfulness is often invisible, elusive, and unquantifiable. We can know quite well that our lives will be fruitful without claiming to know how, or where, or when. We may be sure that none of our acts of love will be lost, nor any of our acts of sincere concern for others. See, that's a very hopeful statement. Nothing that you have ever done out of love, from opening a door to selling the mass, celebrating the Mass when you're exhausted, to being kind and smiling at an annoying parishioner, is ever lost. Such that when you hear about good things that are happening in another diocese, in, I don't know, some other country, where there are plenty of vocations in Africa, well, that's you. That's because that's the fruit of your and my work, of any good action that we may have done. It's not just because they're good, they're good, but it's also because, you know, the church is a communion of saints, so we're sending good oxygenated blood that way. And when anything good happens here, well, it's because maybe somebody in the Philippines uh, got up on time. He says, No single act of love of God will be lost. No generous effort is meaningless. No painful endurance is wasted. All of these encircle our world with a vital force. Sometimes, it seems that our work is fruitless. But mission is not like a business transaction or investment, or even a humanitarian, humanitarian activity. It is not a show where we count how many people come as a result of our publicity. It is something much deeper, which escapes all measurement. It may be that the Lord uses our sacrifices to shower blessings in another part of the world, which will, we will never visit. The Holy Spirit works as He wills, when He wills, and where He wills. We entrust ourselves without pretending to see striking results. We know only that our commitment is necessary. We know our commitment is necessary. Your priesthood is necessary. Your getting up on time is necessary. Going to bed on time is necessary. Doing the divine office is necessary because we're contributing. He says, let us learn to rest in the tenderness of the arms of the Father amid our creative and generous commitment. Let us seek, let us keep marching forward. Let us give him everything, allowing him to make our efforts bear fruit in his good time. That's 279 from Evangelical. It's a beautiful passage that has to fill us with all of hope. And the key for all that is that we be simple. And as years go by, as we get older, we should be more and more transparent. We should more and more know ourselves. And we have to be simple, not complicated, not obtuse, or tangled up like those wires behind a PC 
Sometimes you have a PC, you've got all kinds of wires, you've got a USB cable, you've got a VGA cable, you've got a who knows what cable, and you try to figure out how to plug a printer in there and it's impossible, it's just a web of, of different cables that nobody can figure out except the most brilliant of secretaries. And, uh, you know, the famous commercial, like, it was a commercial or a presentation that Steve Jobs once gave and he showed a silhouette of a PC with all those cables and then he showed an iMac, just one cable, you know, just a silhouette of one cable. He says, I prefer this. <laughs> It was a very, you know, it was a very good image, you know, that he showed. I prefer this. Lord, I want to be simple. Simplicity is that virtue that permits our habitual behavior in the way of speaking, the way of dressing, the way of acting, that it always be in, in concordance, in complete harmony with our deepest convictions in such a way that people can easily read us, that we are not obtuse, we are not difficult to read. The people, they, you know, it can happen, they can't read us, they can't understand what we mean. We have to be easy to read. Not people who speak in a certain way, kind of to make a, an impression, as though we were to have a facade, and then we have ourselves, and both are very different. You know, they say there are certain lizards, right? These, these lizards, they have their eyes that can, one eye can point one way and the other eye can point another way. So like, like there's an, one eye that points towards the prey and then the other eye is, is, is looking around at the same time and looking at possible predators. So it can focus in on both. Right? And it's watching for the prey, it's watching for predators. And like we might be talking in spiritual direction about the struggle we might have, but at the same time with the other eye, we're thinking, okay, what's he going to think? What's this person going to think of me? You know, and it was this the right thing today to say? You know, we're not in a job interview, trying to make a good impression, wondering if we have chosen the right tie or I don't know. Transparency. And transparency, when we have to articulate our struggles, leads to self-knowledge. We're in front of God. He sees through everything. When I go to spiritual direction, I must be desperate to know my habits, my tendencies, my dispositions. HTD, habits, tendencies, dispositions. We all have habits, habits that are ingrained because we do them repeatedly. Maybe there's some bad habits, that's what a vice is. But then we always have tendencies, tendencies. Maybe it's a tendency towards uh, selfishness or comfort seeking or tendency, you know, not to ruffle feathers uh, or tendency to, to be complicated and dispositions. Your disposition is slightly different. It's such a more general attitude. But the fact that somebody is listening to me week after week or month after a month, this is a great gift that we can garner for ourselves by opening our heart and being truly like an open book. And like in any book, there are good chapters, there are bad chapters. And we often 
experience the terrible conflicts or disunion that exists in, in a church or in a parish. And we can originally ask the Holy Spirit to help us arrive at a greater unity as well. Such that we express unity always with the Holy Father, unity with each other in the priesthood, unity with our bishop. And uh, we have to attend to all the manifestations of disunity in all its disguises. And this is what the Holy Father said in Evangelii Gaudium as well. He said, the credibility of the Christian message would be much greater if we Christians could overcome our, our, their divisions and the church could realize the fullness of Catholicity proper to her in those of her children who, though joined to her by baptism, are yet separated from full communion with her. That's a quote from Unitatis Redintegratio, the, the John Paul II's uh, document on, on ecumenism. He says, the Pope says, we must never forget that we are pilgrims journeying alongside one another. This means that we must have sincere trust in our fellow pilgrims, putting aside all suspicion or mistrust, and turn our gaze to what we are all seeking, the radiant peace of God's face. Trusting others is an art, and peace is an art. Jesus told us, blessed are the peacemakers. In taking up this task, also above ourselves, we fulfill the ancient prophecy. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. Beat their swords into plowshares. And the, and the way for us to have peace is, is to prepare well that time of spiritual direction. Remember, the better... The, the better we prepare ourselves to open our hearts and to become transparent and talk about our struggles in spiritual direction and, of course, in confession, the better spiritual directors we ourselves will be. And, uh, you know, we have to bring those things, the struggles, our dominant defect. We can never just say, if we're asked, so how was this week, or how was these last two weeks, or how was this month? Oh, fine, fine, it's good. Yeah. If we say it's fine, we will stop growing. We have to let ourselves be challenged. We need not put on a beautiful facade. To have recourse to the entire life, really, so that we can resolve problems. Anxiety, fear, tiredness, stress, failure. Really, as we go to our prayer, we have to be like the Grand Canyon, very deep, excavated over years of grace, years of prayer, years of correspondence. You see, you see the Grand Canyon. It's just, uh, it's just awe-inspiring how deep that is. Well, that's that didn't pop up over. Just one lifetime. It, it took a long, many, many centuries. So, when we go to spiritual direction, and also for those who come to us, it should be, it should be an upbeat experience. When we walk out of there, we should feel happy. We should somehow, it should pick us up, because we have squeezed out everything to the last drop. Remember, remember that famous commercial in the 1970s with Ricardo Montalban. He would sit there in front of Maxwell House Coffee and he would always look at the viewer with the steaming coffee and he would say, this is good to the last drop. Right? Good to the last. Maxwell House, 
good to the last drop. And he smiles with satisfaction. He cradles the cup in his hands. And uh, yeah, it's just instant coffee, you know, it's good to the last drop. You know? But uh, on one occasion, he, in another commercial, he speaks, of course, of uh, the good taste, but he, he goes to a house with Maxwell House. No, he goes with a like, generic brand, a cheap brand in, in this yellow container. And he goes to a housewife and he says, uh, he says, um, please give up Maxwell House just for one week and see. So he gives her the cheap brand and then they interview her a week later. And, you know, she's been drinking the bargain brand all week. And they come back and she's practically distraught. She's like, <laughs> she says, all oh, this time it was like I had no coffee at all. He says, I might give up Maxwell House if I was on a desert island. And uh, Ricardo Montalban comes and says, Maxwell House, it's too good to give up. It's too good to give up, right? Do I realize that? I mean, the only place we could really give up spiritual direction and confession is if we were on a desert island. Let's not miss it. It's just, it's true. It's too good to give up because we can get many graces even though we don't always see it. Especially just the grace of sincerity, of cracking our hearts open and receiving that moment of grace. And in the long run also, it'll make us better better spiritual directors ourselves and we have that responsibility to guide people right to to greater heights so that they too can be truly the better version of themselves and they, they first have to see somehow the scars of battle in us we ask this of the holy spirit that as soon as we have somebody sitting down in front of us going to confession we can you know, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle on them the fire of your love. How much just to be a transparent emissary of your goodness, of your wisdom, of your mercy, of your compassion, and help me to live that charity with understanding. With understanding. People will react, that we feel both challenged, and understand that, that, that we will help them, you could say, Squeeze out everything right to the last drop. Yes, God bless Mother. Our, our mother, she'll guide us in this fundamental task of being purveyors of the truth and uh, thereby, you could say, silence the father of lies.